guys, welcome back to the Gen X Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm so happy that you came back for some more. Today, I thought I would just do a solo podcast. Um, If you've been listening for the last few months, um, you'll have heard some live episodes, uh, a lot of Gen Xers, super stoked that... uh, Like I said before, Gen Xers are parents and they're super busy in their careers and um, dealing with midlife, right? So um, when I first started this podcast um, and and kind of threw out my net to catch all the cool Gen Xers I knew um, and and reached out to people who um, I thought would make great guests, um, a lot of them just couldn't commit – you know, back in the fall and the winter. So uh, thank you, everyone who has been on the show, no matter what generation you are. And thank you, everyone who's been listening. Um, we're coming up on 1500 downloads and um, just super stoked. We've recently had some downloads in, um, in Greece. And uh, a bunch of other countries. And I just want to thank everyone, everyone in the United States that's listening all over Canada, um, just Australia, just super jazzed that um, that you've picked my podcast to listen to. And so today I thought it would be good because I to, to do an episode on um, this pretty cool um, documentary that I watched on on Netflix this past weekend um, from Taylor Morden, um, The Last Blockbuster. And I wanted to kind of share some of my thoughts about the movie um, and kind of what I thought about Blockbuster as a Gen Xer and um, and and how I saw it affect some of my favorite um, video stores. And then also kind of, I want to tell you guys about my own experience with video stores um, because it was a really big part of my life, um, especially as a preteen and teenager. So, um, so yeah, so that's pretty much what this episode is going to be about. But as usual, I want to do a little housekeeping to um, keep you guys informed on some of the things going on um, uh, with the podcast and things like that. So we just finished up doing um, the uh, po- virtual podcast convention with PodVCon, um, and there was a wonderful turnout and just the networking and the friendships that I've made in the podcast community. Um, man, it has kept this single, um, you know, child free, um, loner, lives alone human, except for my dog and my cat, who I love to death. And my dog is currently trying to get me to play right now and a little bummed out that I'm not playing back, but <laughs> that's what happens when you're recording. Um, but yeah, just such a, such a cool group. And, um, they've actually recently gone into a, um, a, rebranding, I guess you could say. So PodVCom, who always puts on PodVCon, um, has changed to the Podcasters Collective. So I'll, I'll throw a link into their face group. Facebook group. But if you all are um, interested in, you know, being a part of that, um, even if you're not a podcaster, just a sort of 
maybe find some cool new podcasts to listen to. Um, there's so many, um, I don't know, there's so many podcasts out there. And I know for me, because I'm an avid podcast listener, I love stuff you should know. Um, they are just those guys they're chuck and josh are like the best and they're gen xers and they talk about it on their podcasts so if you haven't checked out that podcast like i highly recommend it but i'm always kind of looking for authenticity passion and um just i don't know something that i can kind of escape into and not really think about um you know, kind of the troubles of the world. Um, and so anyway, so the Podcasters Collective, really cool group. If you are a podcaster, it's a really great group um, as well because, you know, networking and, and hanging out and doing stuff um, virtually with people, it really helps the whole like, I'm just in my room by myself talking into a microphone. Um, that that can feel weird. I mean, obviously, I connect with my audience. I, I love you guys so much. Um, there's so many fun things uh, that we talk about in the Facebook group. Um, Instagram's a blast too. And I'm just so stoked um, to have you guys. So you make me feel a little less weird doing this by myself. But um, it's also nice to kind of compare notes and like, hey, what kind of struggles are you going through as a podcaster? What kind of gear are you using and things like that? So um, yeah, just thought I would throw that out there. The other thing that I wanted to announce is that I've recently become an affiliate with a company and I wanted to tell you guys about it because um, the thing is, is I have been approached by other brands and companies uh, to sponsor uh, the Gen X Voice podcast. But, you know, um, I really, really wanted to make sure that I had something that would appeal to you guys before I started like um, talking about it on the podcast. So um, anytime that I uh, share a product with you all or um you know, encourage you guys to think about a company. I want you to know that I do a lot of thinking and research. And um, the, the the company that I have chosen as my first affiliate is Who Gives a Crap? They are an Australian-based toilet paper company that is plastic-free. Um, they specialize in bamboo and also um, previously um, like post-consumer um, uh, recycled paper for their toilet paper. Um, and I love them. Um, I have a subscription with them and um, order about 48 rolls at a time, um, which lasts me forever. And um, what's great about you know, having toilet paper during a pandemic be delivered to you and have a subscription is, guys, I didn't even worry when the the toilet paper craze uh, in the early days of the pandemic happened. Like, I still had a huge box of like, you know, 40 rolls of toilet paper because I just gotten like an order. Um, and so I kind of laughed and I was like, okay, well, I'm glad that I have, a, you know, a sustainable con company that I support and I've got this toilet paper. I don't have to worry about that stuff. So um, I'm going to throw a link in the show notes um, for my affiliate um, 
link to who gives a crap and you know transparency here uh guys i will get a percentage of your subscription um but i feel like that is um it's not a lot um but it's a it's a great way to try to you know supplement some of the charges and the upgrades i'm doing with um with my tech and my gear um that you know because i don't i don't make podcasters don't make money. Like we're not all Joe Rogan, right? So um, this is kind of my first step into um, kind of trying to find ways to supplement my income for the podcast. So if you've ever been curious about bamboo toilet paper or recycled um, paper used for toilet paper, take a look at who gives a crap uh sign up for a subscription at least at least one order see how you like it and then let me know let me know what you think of it um i i'm sure you all know by now i'm a super environmentalist i'm vegan um i've been earth conscious that's kind of been the drum i've been beating since i was like 16 so um i'm going to do my best to only present products to you that I personally use and also that I uh, believe would benefit all of you, no matter what your gender is, your age, um, you know, your political stance. Uh, I think um, I think you guys will really like it. So again, I'll put the link to my affiliate page um, in the show notes. And uh, yeah, go check it out. Who gives a crap? And plus, what a rad name, right? So anyway, Going back to um, Taylor Morton's uh, documentary, The Last Blockbuster. Um, So I had some, I got some things to say about it. So first and foremost, I loved it. I loved the documentary. I loved that Ioni Sky, hello, Gen X. Um, we all remember her from back in the day and, and, and just, oh, she was like one of the best, um, sort of like under the radar beauties of, um, the Gen X era of movies and things in the, um, you know, the eighties, nineties and, um, and then also Kevin Smith, um, which if you guys didn't know, Trish the Dish comes from, um, I think I've said this in another podcast uh, episode, but, you know, in Mallrats, a Kevin Smith movie, if you haven't seen it, please go check it out right now. Um, because Jason Lee, first of all, is in it, um, who that was like his first movie um, after having gone pro as a skateboarder um, is in it. And uh, there's this like other really famous guy now, Ben Affleck or Ben Affleck. I don't know. How do you guys say his name? Anyway, um, that uh, is in Mallrats. And um, Trish the Dish is a character played by Shannon Doherty, and who you might remember from 90210. And um, I just love that movie and thought, well, um, that was actually my nickname around the time that that came out in the nineties. And, uh, yeah, so better than saying my full name <laughs> anyway. So that's a little nod to Kevin Smith. One of the be- best things that ever happened to me in the two, um, the 
20 teens is uh, Kevin Smith actually liked one of my tweets once and I like died. Like that that was like I post on Facebook, like Kevin Smith, who's also a vegan um, since his heart attack and has lost all this weight. He's like so amazing. Um, born in 1970. Just love the guy to death. But I digress. There's just so many rad people that are in um, in uh, the last blockbuster, which is in Bend, Oregon, which everyone knows. That's not like a spoiler alert. But I just want to throw this out there that if you haven't seen the documentary, go to your Netflix account and watch it and then come back to this podcast, right? Because from here on out, that's your spoiler alert warning. Like from here on out, I'm going to be talking about the movie. So uh, aside from the cool Gen Xers uh, that Taylor interviews, which, by the way, I have no idea how old you are, Taylor. And so uh, not like he's listening or anything, but um, bro, you, you know, he he's also done the Scott movie. Um, and, you know, this guy, if he's not Gen X, then I don't know what. But um, it's really cool because it kind of follows the sort of storyline or or sort of life cycle, if you will, of Blockbuster, like how they came to be and how they kind of um, took over um, America. <laughs> and then and then their decline and um, really kind of dissects what really happened with uh, their d- demise. <laughs> and, um, and I thought it was really, um, really cool. And there's like all these people giving testimonials of like, you know, what Friday nights were like, I mean, you've all seen the Facebook memes of like, you know, Friday, you know, uh, what was it like, Friday night starter kit for the 90s is like, pizza and like Mountain Dew and like, you know, some some videos from Blockbuster. Um, so true, right? Like, um, maybe not necessarily Blockbuster. Um, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but that was definitely like, Oh, and pizza, right? You got to have your pizza. Do you know, in 2021, I mean, to this day, my Friday nights are like, what movie am I going to watch? I'm going to eat pizza, you know, like, and maybe I don't drink Mountain Dew now, but um, I definitely have to have something bubbly. So either a beer or, you know, seltzer water, because I'm so hard these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like a that's like a habit that has come in, um, you know, and stayed. And, and uh, I'd love to hear how many of you still kind of have that Friday fever where it's like movie night, pizza night, like, we're throwing down. Um, and then just kind of like, I don't know, there was this whole part about um, how video stores for us in the 90s, in the 2000s, for a lot of us, um, was kind of this, this like place of cool, right? Um, and they, they tapped into this. And I really, I really thought this was cool. Um, you know, I grew up ish, right? You guys know that story. If not, go back and listen to some old episodes. Um, but from like 12 to 18, you know, I'm living in this like podunk town, Yucca Valley. No, no offense, Yucca. But in the 90s, you guys were a little, you know, podunk. Um, we didn't even have a Starbucks. Um, we didn't have like, we didn't even have a Walmart for the longest time, right? So, um, so like you look, 
to like, and we didn't have the internet, obviously. So you would look to like, how do I figure out what's a cool movie to watch? Like Entertainment Weekly. Like I had a subscription to Entertainment Weekly and like, <coughs> I don't know, you know, you, you didn't really, I don't even know how we knew what was cool back then. Um, but if you went into a video store and you had like a friend who worked behind the counter or like, um, I don't know, you kind of knew like who was cool at the video store, like they would hook you up with like their picks, right? And a lot of stores would have like these walls or these shelves where it would be like Cynthia's pick or Jean's pick. I mean, these names don't even exist, but <laughs> like in the 90s, but, um, but like I... I just like loved those, right? Like that's where I would go. And this was mostly in college, right? Because Yucca Valley didn't really even have the coolest video stores, but but they still had them and they definitely didn't have Blockbuster when I was growing up. Um but so anyway, so that sort of those those um those indie films that were really starting to come up in the um in the late mid to late nineties and the, and the two thousands, like that was, that was like everything. Like I, so I have, um, so I don't, I'm not really a blockbuster fan. So there I've said it. Um, I want to kind of put a pin in the whole like cool person behind the counter thing and, and kind of dissect. Um, and they touch, you know, they touch a little bit about this in the movie, but personally, um, you know, we first of all, we didn't have Blockbuster. And so when I did finally go to like a Blockbuster, like down in like around Los Angeles or whatever, it was like, it was bright, it was like loud, it was like, um, bright, right? Like the colors, like yellow and blue, like love those colors usually, but for like a movie place, like where are you going to rent movies? Uh, that was kind of a little crazy. Um, and everything just seemed really generic as in like whitewashed as in like, this is like, right. Obviously, right. The name blockbuster, it's not indie buster, right. It's our indie film place. It's blockbuster. Right. So like everything was just like these, like just super average, um, blockbuster type of movies, right. Like blockbuster means like this movie was massive in the theaters. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually impressed that they would pick a word like that we would describe as like a, a really great movie and, and, turn it into the name of like their store. So I wasn't really that impressed. I mean, yeah, okay, we wanted to see, you know, Romeo and Juliet. So there's like 900 copies of that. So score, we're gonna, we're definitely gonna watch that. Whereas the, um, the movie rental places that I sort of grew up with in Yucca Valley Joshua Tree, like, they were small, they were kind of dimly lit, um, like, not really crowded. And, um, I don't know. I really preferred those sort of mom pop places, like, and that whole idea of like supporting independent businesses, like, I didn't even know that that was a thing until I went to Flagstaff for college. But like, I got, I got it. Like, that's why I jumped on that. Um, you know, and still am really big into supporting local businesses because there really is this different feeling, and so, um. So as you guys know, so kind of going back to like the cool independent place. Um, so yeah, wasn't real impressed with Blockbuster. So we're done with that part. Um, I just, 
um, so I had a really tumultuous time from the time that we like moved to Yucca Valley when I was like 12 um, until, um, you know, I left my mom and it was like a year of just like insane, right? I mean, my mom found meth. I was just super abusive. Um, you know, we lived all over Yucca Valley, which is a tiny, well, I guess it's not a tiny space. I mean, it's quite spread out, but like the actual town itself has like two main roads. <laughs> and, um, and there were a lot of times that I would walk around town, um, you know, and, and I would find myself walking into the video store. And because we were poor and didn't have a VCR um, when we first moved there, that's how I would watch movies. I know. Pathetic, right? Um, but I would literally go to the video store and just pick up the backs of boxes of, you know, the VHS tapes and just read them and like stare at the pictures and like imagine what the movie must be like based on the, like the reviews or like whatever it said on the back. And, um, I just always was like, oh, I wish I, I wish I watched this, whatever. Um, sounds pathetic, but I'm going to tell you, like, it was like, going to a bookstore or a library for me. Um, and I could spend hours in there. And I cannot believe that no one shooed out this little 12-year-old that would just like lurk in the corner, just like <laughs> looking at these boxes and never renting anything. Um, but that's kind of, I guess, why I like mom-pop shops, right? Like, you know, there's this sort of intimacy where, and also this sort of hands offness, right? Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna talk to you unless you really want to talk to them. Whereas like, uh, places like Blockbuster or like Hollywood Video, like, like people would come up to you and be like, Hey, what do you want to watch? And it's like, dude, I I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like that in every store is why I'm a terrible salesperson is like, I just, maybe I'm just in here. I don't really know what I'm doing in here. I don't really need you to sell me anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So fast forward to when I lived with my grandparents and or or actually when my grandparents would let me come and hang out at their house or, you know, even going to friends houses, you know, um, right around this time and being allowed to pick like two videos. Oh my gosh. And someone mentioned in the documentary how they would like get those videos and they would watch them like nonstop, like all weekend long. I mean, that was literally me, but I was even weirder than that. Y'all, I would take a tape recorder and I would, I would literally audio record the movie and then I'll go back to my house where I didn't have a VCR and I would just like play that cassette tape. So, like, for instance, I, I had, like, recorded um, Who's That Girl? Because that was, like, my favorite movie in, like, 1987, 1988. And I ended up acting it out with my Barbies and my Hot Wheels. And also, I mean, and I would do that stuff even as a kid. Like, I loved Voyage Home, like, Star Trek uh, 4. Um, I fight anyone. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the side of Sheldon in Big Bang Theory. That is by far the best Star Trek movie. Um you know, tell me I'm wrong. Just, just go ahead and you just email me. Tell me I'm wrong. But anyway, I would like, like act out that movie, right? <laughs> My Barbies and like, I don't know, only, only children, you know, well, maybe this is just, you know, pre tablet life. I mean, how many of you guys did that too? Maybe I'm not so weird, but 
So anyway, um, now let's fast forward to really when I did live with my grandpa. So um, that was really a cool thing, right? So he was kind of that, like, really into the whole, like, let's order a pizza and get some movies, um, you know. And uh, I didn't really like a lot of the movies my grandpa wanted to watch. Like, I didn't really want to watch Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise. I don't really want to watch Full Metal Jacket, um, even though Stanley Kubrick later became one of my all-time favorite directors uh clockwork orange is way up there for me um and and um and in um the shining but um but like i really loved it when he let me pick out the movies i wanted to watch and i really loved um just i don't know it was really cool but i mean again uh not really cool person kind of generic like i said it wasn't really until i went to college and I actually knew people in like, you know, these sort of secondhand bookstores um, that would have like movie rentals or that movies you could buy. Like, I remember when the transition happened from DVD to VHS, like people would have like these um, these bins that were like, you know, 99 cent, two ninety nine for videos <laughs> and like, oh my gosh, I scored so many great videos back then. Um, and then like into the 2000s when I really started collecting um, VHS, um, man, I mean, I had every single Star Trek. Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm a Trekkie, okay? Um, and Napoleon Dynamite and like, I don't know, just really cool movies. Um, but yeah, I just loved, um, there is something to be said with like the clunkiness and the sound of like a VHS thing, which is funny because those of you that follow me in the Facebook group for Gen X Voice know that I'm a hundred percent digital when it comes to my entertainment. I don't own any CDs. I don't own any DVDs, um, or VHS. I got rid of all of that when I left Portland because I could only take what fit in my car because I had just moved there from Tucson and dropped 1600 bucks. I couldn't turn around and do that again again, six months later after working like Verizon. Um, so yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's a part of me that kind of misses that collection. And like anyone that collected Star Trek VHS back in the day, um, if you line them up in a certain way, you would see like the Enterprise on the side um, part of the VHS when it was in the shelf. And so and there's a lot of movies like that, right, that like, if you line them up, they would like, have like a thing on it and that was super cool but but yeah like um i really learned about some cool obscure things like eraser head which is also one of my all-time favorite movies um and um you know what i discovered sopranos because some guy at a local um video shop um was like hey have you checked out sopranos and i was like no and <laughs> it was like, wow, that didn't know I was going to be plugged into that for like three, three, three months straight. But, um, it also too, when I lived in New York City, uh, this was genius. There was a place and I have no idea what it's called now. It's been way too many years because remember I lived there during 9-11. Um, and this was before, like a few months before that. But there was this, and, and this is like Alphabet City, like sort of, um, mid, um, not Midtown. Um, what do you call that? Lower East Side. Um, there was this place that 
had a video store connected to a pizza place. And there's a place like this in um, in um, Tucson too, The Loft, which is an independent theater. Um, not, a, not a place you can rent movies, but the fact that it's connected to like um, a pizza place, like that's pretty cool. Or has pizza there. I don't know. I can't remember. Gosh, you guys, when you get older, it's like your memories just sort of like, ooh, I don't know. They're, they're not as clear. <laughs> and like things that you think you would never forget just suddenly become like, wait, what are the extra actual details? So anyway, yeah. So um, I like totally binged like all of these like Alfred Hitchcock movies. And I don't know. It's like, see, with the digital world that we live in now, like for me as a minimalist and low waste person, like, yeah, it's super cool to not have like these, um, you know, tangible collections. But it's also like, you know, and they mentioned this in the documentary. Uh, so thanks, Taylor, for having this mentioned. Um with one of your interviewees but like there's not this sort of like interaction like how are younger people going to be exposed to like cool art house movies from the 90s or the 2000s um or like you know watch a whole bunch of alfred hitchcock movies like what kind of things are going to become more and more more ephemeral um, as we move farther and farther away from like, you know, videotapes and DVDs and like, um, you know, Gina's pick of the month and, um, you know, where does identity come from? I guess, you know, now I'm going to get real deep guys. So, so buckle up, pour your drink, smoke up your doobie. We're about ready to get deep. But, um, but like, I'm serious, right? Like, I, I feel like the coolest I ever was, was hanging out at record shops. And, you know, like I said, the secondhand bookstore that had like, the, you know, the music and the movies and the books all together, man, that's a great place to cultivate an identity, you know, like, buy a copy of an existentialist book, oh, by the way, I still have that with like every existentialist writer in it. And, um, you know, uh, an old copy of a, you know, I don't know, David Bowie cassette. Um, finish that off with a Japanese art house film. I don't know. Like, I just, um, you know, I, I worry that, like, okay, and, and this is nothing against millennials because you're only a product of your environment, right? Um, so, Millennials are very digital, right? And and um, although we we share a lot of crossovers in terms of cultural identity, um, which I've really discovered doing this podcast, um, there's a lot less curiosity in the younger people. Um, and now I'm not talking about you, 38, 36 years old, year olds. Like I'm talking about the younger end of millennials um, into Gen Z, like. Um, there's, there's not as much of a, and you know, if you don't agree with this, like reach out to me, tell me, tell me you're different than this, but there just doesn't seem to be this sort of realization, I guess, that there's like stuff out there that's not on Amazon or Netflix 
And I feel like that is such a great disservice, right? And I always kind of thought about this before, like, um, I remember when Netflix, so I've, I've been a Netflix person forever, okay? Like, I had a subscription back in, like, 05, 06, or whenever, and, um, and I loved it because um, I'd go online and I'd look up these obscure movies, and, man, I saw the coolest, um, you know, like, old movies like um you know like from like the 30s and the 40s like never never had my hand on anything like like the stuff that Netflix would deliver in disc to my house right and um oh and a lot of international films and uh, just such cool Japanese cine- uh, cinematography and um just videography in the 2000s guys was so good so good um korean you know just i don't know just things that like i never discovered in like a you know classic video store definitely not a blockbuster (laughs) right like anyway um i but i was thirsty for that i was curious for that and i knew that there was a world outside of what was cool in gosh i'm sorry you guys can hear my dog barking i swear i closed the sliding glass door but uh did not anyway um yeah so i i don't know like what if it's not on instagram and it's not on facebook or tiktok or like netflix or you know prime like do you even know it exists and therefore does it even exist anymore and like when how do you get a hold of that like for me right so I don't have a DVD player or VHS player anymore and so like I'm actually suffering from that a little bit right like I don't uh, voodoo Hulu Netflix these are all the things that I have access to in terms of watching movies and though it is and YouTube there's actually you can find some stuff on YouTube but um, there's like a limit to what you can find. Like there's been times I've been like, oh, I want to watch like Young Frankenstein, which, uh, by the way, Netflix like heard me and like put it or Hulu heard me and put it on like after I searched it, like put it on like two weeks later. So if they're not listening or watching, I don't know if that's not proof. Just kidding. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but... I am aware of AI, and I wonder if they're like, ooh, that's interesting. This person in, in my algorithm, like, they noticed I typed in this movie, and they're like, yeah, let's put that out. I don't I don't know. Well, and Cloris Leachman recently passed away, and I'm sure that had something to do with it. So they're probably not really listening and spying. Or are they? Um, yeah, totally digress there, guys. Sorry. Uh, but just kind of back to the whole like limitations of where you can get media, you know, and it's the same with music, right? So like Spotify, I love my Spotify account. I love having a student worker that kind of taught me like the perks of having an actual subscription where, you know, um, really just there's such a there was such a depth to Spotify that Pandora I uh, never had, which Pandora later fixed, obviously because of Spotify. But um, I still kind of think like oh, I gotta check out KEXP because I you know that's a really awesome independent um, radio station and that comes out of uh, Seattle. Um, 
like I need to, I need to listen to what they're listening to. It's like I don't because I don't really know you know what's cool except for what Spotify tells me. And like sometimes I'm just kind of like, oh, I know I love indie rock, but like I'm so over like all this indie rock you're playing for me, or like you know what what isn't there anything else out there? Like so so now it's like you just kind of have to hope you have cool friends. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, um, which, again, this kind of takes me back to like podcasting and just sort of these virtual friendships I've made, especially with my like some of my guests, like just uh, the cool stuff that I've been introduced to um, through through some of my guests, like so great because there's not really a we don't just hang around like even before the pandemic like I'm 45 right so like I don't just like hang out at coffee houses or bookstores anymore um as much as I love to um I just don't really have the time or the money like I'm always like oh I could buy a five dollar latte and sit in a coffee house for six hours (laughs) or even an hour 30 minutes or I could just do it at home and save the money you know um God, middle age, am I right? Like, God, I used to spend hours in places like I'm telling you, but, but, you know, there was, there was such a attraction to those places because it's where you made friends and you would hear about like the, this newest, you know, band or book or movie and, um, and I just, I don't know, it like really fulfilled my life. And there's just not places and spaces and time to to do that anymore. And I almost feel, are you guys ready to get out your little, your little violins? Gen Xers, you know what I'm talking about. You rubbing your pointer finger and your thumb together for this comment. And again, I'm sorry if you guys can hear my dog <laughs> with her toy behind me. She's like, she's brought in three toys now. Um, four to, to, to get me to play with her, but we'll wrap this up pretty soon. But, um, uh, have no idea where I was going with that. Oh, I feel like a bit of my identity is kind of dying off. Like it's weird. The aging process, especially, um, with such a, I'm going to say this, a connect, a generic connected world. So it's like, you only really see what's cool on TV if it's like gone viral or like, you know, you're following like some influencer and they mention, you're like, oh yeah. And then you hear, you know, but it's all like pretty much across all generations and genders and like I don't really see and again if I'm wrong guys reach out to me tell me where I need to go hang out (laughs) like virtually or otherwise um but it's just so much easier in the 90s and the 2000s right because it was like coffee houses were such a place that you hang out dude now when you go I'm about to get passionate when you go into coffee houses now like they're all so sterile everyone wants to be Starbucks right or they want to be like this uber woody but like industrial like earthy but industrial like sort of um you know this Pacific Northwest feel coffee house but my gosh Give me the old um, coffee house 
in um, Birmingham, Alabama that's like mismatched furniture and like dark wood panel and there's like 18 games you know um there's a place like that in tucson too shout out to epic cafe um i don't even know if they're still around actually um but see that's the thing i don't even know if they're around anymore right like people don't want to like sit in like ew it's a dingy old couch right or like oh and especially now i mean i'm talking about pre-pandemic right because like uh i don't think you could get you couldn't pay me enough money to just like go sit in like an old couch right now. (laughs) But I don't know. Everything is so clean and sterile and bright and like pretty and modern and sterile. Like I miss the sort of grungy, dingy kind of moldy smelling old bookstores or old record stores or you know like my friend Alex and I we used to like sit on the floor of Prairie Archives in Springfield, Illinois and just like finger through boxes and boxes of records right like I, and we just like and we're just hanging out and we're talking and connecting and like I don't know it's then we'd like come across the movies and like, have you seen this movie? And like, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I don't know if any other generation feels like this because I feel like this might be the part where this really does become sort of a Gen X thing. But like, I really feel like our generation really were coming up during the time when the the video stores and the record stores and the bookstores and the coffee houses were all these different places that you could go to with your friends and you'd make a whole day out of it. Like jump on your bicycle and like, all right, we're going to hit Bookman's. Then we're going to go to like family video. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I just – Ah, uh, I miss it. I don't I don't really know what to do with my time anymore. Like this doesn't I don't I don't have like it's like, oh let's go to a bar. You know, like I don't have this like I just want to go sit at Macy's and Flagstaff and just sit outside and for hours and hours and then walk over to, you know, go for sounds and like get a new you know what's what's ray want to tell me to listen to this week i don't know like who's telling you what to listen to and watch now rotten tomatoes and spotify's ai like (laughs) i don't know anyway i guess that's about all i have to say about that um would love to hear what you guys think any gen xers out there feeling sort of reminiscent or opining for those days like let me know hit me up at genxvoice.com you can send me an email um through that you can follow me on instagram um you know just go to genxvoice.com you'll find all my handles um everywhere i'm at i'm mostly big on my facebook page uh, my facebook group and my instagram but yeah i know there's some older millennials out there that feel this way too because y'all were y'all were teens when we were in our 20s so you know what i'm talking about you guys were in the middle of that too um but i don't know if it affects you the same way like i don't know if you feel like a loss of identity and like 
how everything's kind of lame because it seems like y'all are just totally embracing it. You embrace the change a lot more like um, like the boomers did. Like, yeah, we're in this, man. Let's go for it. Whereas I feel like there's this like little group of us, little Gen Xers that are kind of got our our arms crossed on our chest, sitting in a corner looking at our old DVDs or VHS tapes or old gaming consoles and being like, man, back in the day. I don't know. Anyway, just wanted to uh, fill your ears with some of my thoughts about The Last Blockbuster. Go watch it. Support Taylor. Um, Taylor Morden's project. Uh, Taylor, I hope you're a Gen Xer because that'd be dope AF. And until the next episode, um, Hope you guys find your happy and uh, don't lose your identity. Am I right? Oh, and uh, go watch a movie. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army.